0: Thanks so much for joining us at our Vive Church podcast. If you're local here to the Bay Area, we would love for you to visit one of our four locations, San Francisco, Palo Alto, San Jose, or Oakland. For more information, go to vivechurch.org. Now here's Pastor Adam for a powerful message.
1: I want to welcome you. What an amazing day we have, Vision Sunday. And I want to I want to set the tone by reading a passage of Scripture. If you could stay standing at all of our locations and grab your Bible out real quick, just while we stay standing. I'm not going to keep you standing too long, but I do want to set the atmosphere. You can go ahead and open to Luke's Gospel. And, uh, and today is Vision Sunday. If you're, a, if you're here for the first time, you picked a good Sunday to come. In fact, I'm not going to apologize about how crazy we are today. We we like to celebrate vision here at Vibe Church. We believe that God gives vision for a reason and mobilizes us. And, and I'm excited today to share the vision of what God's calling us to as a community over the next 12 months. And I'm also going to give you an opportunity to respond uh, to, to the vision that I'm going to share today as we give as a church to, to make a way for the vision. But first I want to open up to, to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 4, I'm going to read from uh, verse fourteen in fact it says then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the holy spirit's power reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region he he taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone when he came to the village of Nazareth his boyhood home he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. Verse 20, He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant and He sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at Him intently. Then He began to speak everyone say he speak come on let's speak today there's power when we speak he said then he began to speak to them the scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day today my sermon title is actually a question a question that we've been asking in the lead up to this vision sunday which is simply where will we go where will we go how many people know that's a good question to ask when it comes to vision where will we go? And I need you to be a participatory church today. I need you to get involved with the sermon as I outlay what God's called us to do. So as you prepare your hearts in every location, would you find five people, because it's our fifth time sharing a vision here at Vive Church, find five people around you, just look them in the eyes, hug them, high five them and say, where? Would you do that real quick? Just say, where? Where are you from? Where, Where are we going? Where is God calling us to? Where? Thank you, worship team. I want to quickly welcome all of our campuses on this Vision Sunday. Shout out. Could you help me welcome San Jose? Help me welcome San Francisco, Palo Alto, online. And I'm, I'm particularly glad to welcome our Oakland campus, who this time last year didn't even exist. But it was this time last year that we talked about launching a campus in Oakland. And now they're hearing the vision uh, for the next year ahead. And this is easily one of my favourite Sundays that we do here at Vive Church where we, we celebrate the vision. We speak vision and we celebrate vision. And I have to be honest with you that, 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 that while I'm very excited to share this vision with you today, I'm excited because, because while vision can have the power to create momentum and mobilise the group of people, vision always remains dormant until what you see is spoken. Did you know that? That, that vision is what you see. But vision's still dormant until you begin to speak that which you see. And vision needs to be spoken. In fact, we saw this. I said this earlier in Genesis. We saw how, how God spoke. And, and as He spoke the world into formation, things began to gather and began to form around that thing. And vision is the same, in fact. That when you begin to speak what God says, things begin to take shape. Atmospheres begin to move. Things begin to align. Things that God could ordain that you can't do on your own. He begins to see things move and form and then even dust can become men. Amen. In fact, I remember that when God spoke to Kira and I about, about moving to the United States of America to start a church. In fact, it was, it was in November 12, 2010, which means that was that seven years ago next Sunday when God first spoke to us through Twitter, God will use Twitter. God God will use a donkey. God will use a rock. The Bible says, even the rocks will cry out if we don't sing His praises. God can use Twitter. And back in in 2010, November 12th, to be specific, Twitter really hadn't taken off that much yet. They didn't have a big follower base like it does today. In fact, in that moment, I think I had all of three followers. I was an early adopter. Don't you worry about that. Anything to do with technology? To in fact, I adopted real early. I only had three followers at the time, but I can remember God had spoken to us about about starting a church, and He had spoken what, but we didn't know where. We knew what, it was a church, but we were driving along and we were talking. And I remember we'd go to this place at the beach and we'd, we'd kind of park there and we'd look out over the ocean and we'd just begin to just discuss vision things. Like, where, where could it be? And I remember scrolling through Twitter. It didn't take long. The feed wasn't long because it was three of people. And, and I saw on one, one feed that, that particularly they were talking about church planting in the Bay Area. And I said, to, I said to Kira, look at this. I said, imagine if we had the guts to move countries and start a church. And then we laughed furiously. Like I'm talking like the big belly laugh, you know, those ridiculous laughs where you, you know. And then what was a furious laugh became a nervous laugh because we began to ask two two seemingly innocent words, but when put together actually hold a lot of power, we began to ask, what if? And the moment we spoke, what if, little did we know things were starting to happen. Atmospheres were starting to shift. Opportunities were starting to open up. God was connecting pathways that were, were not connected or had no business being connected. God begins to align things. And this is the heart behind vision. God will give you a vision. He will give you a picture. But as long as that vision remains in your heart and in your mind, it is dormant. It's not until you put some speaking to the vision that you begin to see something take place. I'm trying to preach you happy this morning to get into a place of faith where I can share what God wants us to to do vision. In fact, this is what this passage is all about here in Luke. We've got, we've got really recorded. Actually, one of the first times we see in Scripture... Jesus speak. It's actually one of the first red letter sections in the Gospel of Luke. We, we see that Jesus had been baptized by John. He, he'd actually gone out into the wilderness led by the Holy Spirit where He was tempted by the devil. After overcoming the devil, He comes back into Nazareth by Galilee and, in the, and He enters the synagogue on the Sabbath and He opens the scroll to the prophet Isaiah. And He reads in the section where it says, let me read this again, Luke 4 uh, verse, verse 18. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me Because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. This is what was spoken, a a, a prophecy that was spoken seven centuries earlier by a prophet is now being spoken by Jesus, not even being spoken by Jesus, but being fulfilled in the very presence of the listeners. He said, this prophecy has been fulfilled this day in your hearing. What what Jesus spoke actually began to activate His own professed mission. He said, this is why I came. This is why I took human form so that I could do some things. I could preach the good news and I could proclaim the year Of the Lord's favor. And he began to outline some things preach the good news, proclaim freedom, release the press, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Really, what he was saying and aligning us to and making us aware of is that his whole mission was to preach and proclaim. In fact, can we break this down just for a little bit? I do want to share what we're going to do as a church. Don't worry, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to let you know where we're going, how crazy we're going to be as a church in 2018. Don't worry. But I do want to unpack this idea of mission for a moment. Because there are some words in here that we don't use so often anymore. When was the last time you used the word proclaim in a sentence? Just try it though. You probably call it shouting at your kids right now, but I like to proclaim some stuff in my household. I like to just proclaim that you will clean your room. Amen. Sometimes I just proclaim my love for Kira. Amen. In fact, husbands, you should do more proclaiming. Amen. You should just try and proclaim in front of other people, not just at home, just in a random crowd. Just proclaim how much you love your wife, how amazing your wife is, and look how well the day will end. Amen. I love you. Try it. But Jesus, he proclaims some stuff and he proclaims one thing. He says, says, I proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the year of the Lord's favor. Now, what would have been understood by the readers of that day is not always so clear to us what he was talking about when he says the year of the Lord's favor. And really what Isaiah was talking about, he was also referring to what's known in the Bible as the year of Jubilee. In Leviticus, we see that God had established something with the people of Israel. I'm just going to teach you for a little moment. So this is going to help us be in the atmosphere of faith. What He said to the people of Israel is He said that every 50th year, 7 by 7 equals 49, on the 50th year, there will be a year of jubilee known as the year of the Lord's Father, a redemption year, a reset year. That every in that year, every slave would be set free, every captive, every prisoner would be released. It is a year where God restores, a year where God restores. Deems a year where God resets. So no matter how hard those 49 years have been, at year 50, it all starts again. You get a brand new start. How many people know that was a foreshadow of grace? So Jesus says, when I come, it's not just every 50 year, but I'm going to set a redemption year. Every year is going to be a year of the Lord's favour. In fact, at Christmas this year, Christmas Eve, I'm going to preach a sermon called Anno Domini, which which, which you know, we know because you went to high school, that time as we know it is marked as B.C. and A.D. How many people know that? B.C. meaning before Christ, A.D. meaning Anno Domini, which is Latin for the year of our Lord. It was established so that we could proclaim that each and every year from since when Christ came to redeem all things, doesn't matter your circumstance, doesn't matter your past, doesn't matter how 27 has been and the disappointments it's yelled. 2018 is going to be a year of God's provision and His favor. And we're going to be making some declarations this Christmas that, that, that 2018 is going to be a year of favor. Amen. Amen. And this is what Jesus came to do. He, he, came, to, he came to put into motion not just a, a promise of freedom, but also a process of freedom. Now, a promise is no good without a process. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when you hold the promise of something, but there is no process to getting that promise out to fruition, it actually works adversely in your life. So when there is a promise of freedom, what I really want to know is what is the process? How do I make it happen? How do I get free? There's a process. In fact, what we see is the very fact of Jesus' death, resurrection and ascension into heaven, what we see is is He actually enacted the process, the process where He took the keys of sin and death and the things that were holding us captive. He he took those things and He gave them to the disciples. He called them the keys of the kingdom. He said, I have given you the keys of the kingdom. In fact, when He ascended, He said this to the disciples. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, He said, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. This is the good news that for those who have been held up in fear, for those who have been held up in uncertainty, for those who have lived under oppression, there is freedom in Christ. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. This is what God not only commissioned the disciples with, but He has commissioned us with also. Go! Preach. Preach that there is freedom in Christ. But how many people know That the very idea of freedom is a contentious and provocative idea in the current culture of our nation's climate. How many people would agree with that? Because what's evident in our nation, despite what rock you've been living under, is that modern day slavery still very much exists in many different forms. Every day we have people in our community that have to face the tangible reality of racism, hatred and oppression. There is a very real reality of, of physical oppression in the, whole, in the form of hum, uh, human trafficking and, and, and slavery with girls. There is, there is real life, not only to say physical, but even in the mental realm. There are people who are enslaved to anxiety, to shame, depression and people's opinions. This is the world that we live in. If you are blind to it, let me awaken your eyes. There is real slavery happening today. Real oppression. Real oppression. And yet the church is meant to be the hope of the world. In fact, when Jesus said, I've called you to be a light, He said, I want you to show the way. I want you to preach the good news that there is freedom, but I also want you to show the way to freedom. Wouldn't that be amazing if if the church didn't just shy away from what's happening in our community and in our culture, but the, the church actually had answers for people who are hurting, who are desperate, who need help. And instead of being intimidated... We actually have something to offer. This is the Great Commission. And so while there is the promise of freedom, what, what does the process look like? Well, good news is that Paul the Apostle actually unpacks the process of freedom for us in his letter to the Roman church by using the idea of slaves. Can we go there for a moment? Are you still with me, Vibe Church? San Francisco are with me. I know I can see. I can see on the screen. I know, I know and I know that San Jose are with me. Oakland's with me. But, but Palo Alto, you with me too today. Don't get all timid and shy on me because I'm talking about freedom and slavery. Come on, this is going to unpack something so powerful in your life. If you would just go on the journey and let God speak to you today. And he actually says this. In fact, what we find when many of Paul's letters, is bizarre as it seems, he actually starts his letters with, this is Paul the Apostle, a slave of Christ. Seems Peculiar that he would use that word. Seems kind of confronting that he would use. Maybe we argue, well, if Paul was here today, he wouldn't use that word. He wouldn't use the, the word slave. Well, slavery very much existed in the day of Paul. He knew exactly the volatile language he was using, he knew what he was using when he would say that word, the emotions it would evoke. He knew how powerful words are and the right words in the right way in the right time actually become the very tool that God can use to open up someone's life or lock them down at the same thing. It's not the word, but it's the way you use it. And he says this, in fact, I like Paul because Paul had this very clear understanding that that, that if he knew anything, he knew that freedom ain't free. He knew that. In fact, he knew that if you want to be free from anything, you actually have to become a slave to something. Can I explain that? This is going to be powerful. This is going to help you unlock some things in your life because the Bible makes it clear that we are created for freedom. Paul told us in Galatians, he said, in Galatians, uh, he said, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So while the premise and the promise is freedom, the process to freedom is actually slavery. Go with me for a moment. I know this is hurting your mind and I know this seems somewhat contradictory to, 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 to how, the, how the process of freedom could actually be because aren't we meant to get free? But, but the whole promise and premise of the Bible is a backward economy. Yeah. Stick around long enough, you're gonna discover this. That the Bible says, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. Give and it will be given unto you that when you are truly weak, then you are strong. In the same way, real freedom comes through slavery. You see, Paul puts it this way. In order to be free from sin, he had to become a slave to righteousness. Knowing that freedom from sin can only be achieved by enslaving yourself to righteousness. In fact, let, let me just go ahead and read where he says it because I know, I know you're struggling with the concept, but Paul words it so powerfully and, and it actually becomes the very thing that unlocks the truth in our life and activates us in our mission that God has called us to be as the church, as the modern day disciples. He says this in Romans 6, verse 15, if we can put that up. It says, well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realise that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from the slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living because of the weakness of your human nature. I'm using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. Verse 20, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. He's like, sure, the, the, the notion that we often have of freedom is, man, I got no rules. I got no boundaries. There are no limitations on my life. And what's often funny is a misunderstanding of grace. Well, if God is for me and He loves me no matter what I do, then I'm free to do whatever I want. The only problem is, Paul says, you became a a slave to your own decisions. Sure, you were free to choose, but you became enslaved and the prison was shame, guilt, and regret. But, But then he goes on to say, but now you're no longer a slave to those things. Instead you are free from the power of sin and become a slave of God. Now you do the things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life for the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our lord. Man Paul he unpacks it so powerfully that the process and essentially what Paul is describing is the pathway to freedom is actually slavery. He puts it this way and it sounds dichotomous but he says we are free slaves. We're free slaves. I mean, this isn't just our identity, it's also our mission wrapped up together that not only are we called free slaves, we're also two free slaves. This is essentially what Jesus was trying to commission us with as the church to proclaim freedom for those who have been bound up, those who have lived in fear, those who thought they were hopeless, those who thought there was no way out. Come on, there is freedom in Christ and there is a pathway. But it says that the pathway is to say no to those things and to say yes to Him. This is what we get to preach. And Paul unpacks it powerfully He he does it with a message and I think this is a great message that we have for, the gen- for a generation that, 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 that to say that we are free slaves. I believe that as a church, God is actually positioning us and setting the tone of 2018 for Vive Church to be free slaves, to know what it is to be free slaves, to see people set free from slavery, both physically, emotionally, mentally, that, that God is calling us to be an answer for our community. So part of this vision that I'm presenting to you today is a commitment to really reaching the Bay Area to evangelise the Bay Area, to, 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 to spread into our, our, our families and our, our workspaces and wherever we find ourselves with, with tools and give you tools as the church to, to really display and proclaim this message of free slaves. And we want to do that in a similar way. You might remember if you were here a couple years back in 2015, we did an outreach, a creative marketing campaign called Not Religious, Neither Are We. How many people remember that? And we, we offended some people, but we set people free at the same time. And this is the vibe way. We, we don't want to shy away from what's current in our community. We want to touch the nerve. We want to hit the space where God wants to speak and where God wants to give real answers for real people in real situations. And so what we want to do is we want to we empower you. And we're going to do this through some campaigns. We're going to, in fact, actually have a, have, have a, a powerful ex. A creative outreach campaign. We're gonna talk about murals, different things in a campaign that simply says free slaves, free slaves. Can we, can we put that up? Free slaves. <laughs> Two words that are harmless on their own, but powerful when put together. And I believe that Jesus didn't just pass this mission onto the disciples after three years of ministry, but He's empowered His church with the same mission, a commissioning for Vive Church, on the mission that he actually began himself. And, you know, God has been speaking to us about so many different things. In fact, last year, we, we actually started an initiative called Project Vive. And Project Vive was a, a building project, in many ways, uh, an understanding that as a five-year-old church, we have no business dare thinking that, that we could Get buildings, you know. Let me, let me just kind of let you in that we are, we are mobile in every location, meaning we set up, we pack down, we don't own these buildings, we just use them on a Sunday. But let me be clear and tell you that that is by no means our goal, okay? It's not some cute expression of, of how crazy we can be as a church and let's be all mobile. No, it's by necessity that we do this. In fact, our goal is to have buildings. So, so Project Vive was a multi-year building fund. Being very aware that to get buildings in the Bay Area is millions of dollars. How many people know that? You live here. You, you pay your mortgage. Amen. So, so you know what I'm talking about. And so we had a multi-year uh, campaign that we began where we could have buildings in all of our locations. But I'm kind of excited today because what we have is, is a possibility a possibility to start somewhere. We have a, a possibility of a permanent location in 2018. Like, we thought it would be years, but there is a, there is a, there is a, a possibility. We are currently engaged in an off-market deal that I cannot tell you the location because I don't want you to go ahead and buy it, okay? Unless you buy it for the church, amen, then come see me afterward. But, 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 but I can't give you any details, but we are so serious about this space that we've had an architect do some renderings to give you an idea and a picture of what it is that we're talking about with this current permanent space and what it would do for us as a church. Now, I do need to make sure you, you know this as you're looking at those pictures, that the, that, that the building is never the vision for Vive Church, we never want to set the building as a vision like this big shiny vision is a building. No, the building is simply there to facilitate the vision and allow us to do things that God is calling us to do that we can't currently do because we don't have any space. Well, let, me, let me paint the picture a little bit better. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about a place where we can do more than just a Sunday expression of church. I'm talking about a place where there's midweek ministry can be held. I'm talking about vibrant youth ministries, kids ministries and, and all kinds of activity centres. I'm, I'm talking about a coffee shop and a cafe where people can work from during the week and be in the atmosphere of God's presence. I'm talking about where mums groups can meet and their kids can play in state-of-the-art facilities. We're setting up something generationally. I'm I'm talking about a place where we can have business breakfasts and leadership training, Bible college, internship programs, ministry training facilities, a place for prayer gatherings, a, a place for conferences and church life, recording studio, broadcast studio, a stake in the ground for Vive Church. Everything that we've had to beg, borrow and Steal this far, God wants to give us. Amen. And there's a potential. There's a potential. But the potential, for the potential to become a reality, we need to be better positioned as a church. Can I just be real with you? We need, we need God's miraculous favour. Absolutely. How many people know that favour ain't fair? And as God's people, we have His favour. But we need favour and finances. And and I'm believing, I'm believing full of faith that in 2018, we're going to move on our first of many buildings. That we're going to occupy some, some property. That's a faith statement. But I say it with all conviction that God can do it and He will do it. Now, when I talk about this, I'm talking about buildings like this cost millions of dollars. But God has a way of giving you deals that no man can make. Amen. That God can work in divine ways, especially when faith is involved. And I know a property like this is more than just potential. So we're going to move on property in 2018 as a church. And also what we know from from Scripture is that Jesus actually commissions His disciples with with the Great Commission. And the Great Commission in its rawest form, if we were to break it down into its most basic form, the Great Commission can come down to one word, which is go. Go. Just go. Don't keep it here. He didn't want the disciples to stay in a holy huddle, us four and no more. He said, let's go. Let's be the church. Let's spread out. And as Vibe Church, we've been committed to that commission since the day we started. Now four locations around the Bay Area, we're going. We're spreading out. And we, as a part of the 5 by 5 vision, we each year have broken it up in a year at a time. And I'm excited that we have Oakland campus now being able to be a part of this year's vision. And this year for our fifth vision, when it comes to what's next, let me ask you again, where will we go? Where will we go as a church? Where will we go as a community? Where will we go as those commissioned by Christ Himself? I mean, really, what is the the reasonable response to the Great Commission? And I know there has been a lot of speculation around the next location. I've been telling the church, man, there's been wages being made, people guessing where the next location is that we're gonna plant a campus. And I wanna show you and tell you exactly where it is. But before I do that, I'm not trying to set up anticipation. I do wanna... To... Someone said, yeah, you are. I, I'm not... I just want to make sure you don't get things twisted in the heartbeat behind this plan because essentially there can be accusations. Well, you just try to spread out because it's all about numbers. It's all about numbers. Church is about numbers. Well, let me tell you, God's about numbers too. He wrote a whole book on it in the Bible. But what you're gonna find in that book labelled Numbers is a whole list of names. Names of people who were established in the hierarchy of faith. People that made a way for you and I to be in that list as well. And the enemy is about numbers too and he's winning. But it's time for the church to see that every number is a life and a name. And before I list the next location. I wanted to do something because we talk about San Jose, we talk about San Francisco, and sometimes they could just be a a saying to you, but I wanted to do something and I wanted to connect a life with that location. Can I do that? And I want to play a quick video to just give you a connection between the lives in each of those locations. Let's play it. You know, it's exciting for all of our givers, people who've been a part of the church to see every time we plant a campus that we're taking ground and we're expanding as a church. But it's a whole nother thing to kind of hear from people in that location, Mm -hmm. just about how profound it's been to them and what God's done in their life through this location. So why don't you kind of just share with us what God's been doing and, and really how you came to be a part of VIVE.
0: We were kind of looking for a church. Yep. Um, we've been out of church for about a couple of years. Okay. We are just floating around and just needed a home, needed a community, right. needed um, people to, to do life with. Sure. We couldn't find the right home. Um, we couldn't find a group of people that can be the same people in the trenches with us. Wow. I was at a point in my life where um, when we at this age, like you're trying to figure out where you're right. supposed to go in life, yes. what you're supposed to do next. Yes. Like, if there's no one there to guide you, then mm. you're just going in a path that totally. may not even be your path. And I missed out on that relationship that wow. I was supposed to have with God. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I visited so many churches and I found out that it was really hard to connect. Right. One of my friends invited me to church in San right. Francisco, and I specifically told him, just so you know, this is my last time stepping in a church in San Francisco. Wow. This is the last church I'm going to visit. I'm done. Like, right. it's not happening because I was really frustrated.
1: Wow. We'll never forget the first day that we walked into Vibe, there was probably like, I don't know, 30 people or something exactly. in the room. Right. Yeah. So when I
0: found Vibe and I just, the relationship aspect of it, that yep. was like the best part for me. Right. It was like, not religious? I was yep. like, you're not religious? Great, let's go, let's with go. It. Yeah, let's I do like this. That. So coming to Vive yep. and seeing the vision that you've cast on Vive Church, yep. it was it was like something was
2: like so contagious. It's like, right. yes, this is what we want to be a part of. I just remember as soon as I walked in, so many people approached me saying, hey, you're new, I haven't seen your face.
0: I just felt like so at home right. right away. And I think you weren't even done preaching yet. And I just remember saying to Kyle, like leaning over and saying, like, I just feel the presence of God so yes. much here. Like this is this is
1: it. This right. is going to be our church.
2: Wow. I remember I stepped in and during worship I just looked to my friend and I whispered and his he ears, Hey, this is my home church. Wow. And he was oh, like, Oh, shut beautiful. up. You don't know that. Right. And I'm like, I actually do. Wow. He was like, But why do you say that? I was like, I just know it. This is home. This
0: is where I I I I, I love how how risky life yes. is. Yes. I love how yeah. how how crazy and audacious we can be. Right. And and, and we want to be a part of something like that. Yeah. Why don't
1: you just talk to us about what God's done in your life and what VIVE has represented for you.
0: I've slowly been developing a really strong relationship with God, getting to know Him again. VIVE has always been, to me, like an answered prayer.
2: For some reason, I was just trying to be someone that I wasn't. I had so much pain going on within me. I had so much confusion going on within me including depression and anxiety yep. and panic attacks, things right. that I thought I'd never would experience before. Right? Oh, maybe I'm not even a Christian. Yeah. Maybe everything was just like a illusion and right. maybe you're not even supposed to be here. Those questions actually started to develop this really bad suicidal thoughts. Basically the time or the day that I decide to uh, commit suicide, yep. So I, you, were, you were prepared? Wow. Yeah, I This is when I was going to end it. Correct. I just fell on my knees on this grass and I looked up. I knew if there was a hope, it needed to be Him. Because I've tried everything you can think of yep. to yep. find that hope to and I couldn't. Purpose. And I told Him, I was like, God, I know I've prayed this before, but maybe I didn't mean it. But right now, like, you know how much I mean this prayer. And wow. I don't want my life anymore. And then on that moment, Everything that I had lived on a live church came to head, and I was like, "I'm just gonna show up, and right. that, let's see what happens." They're showing Kevin's video as soon as I step in. Kevin's story. There you go. And as Kevin is sharing his story, as Kevin is just saying how much he was struggling with negativity and anxiety and everything he touches, it feels like it's falling apart. Yeah. I'm watching that, and I'm like was there hope for Him because right. if there was, then... Maybe there's hope for you. Exactly, maybe I can find hope as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So I remember perfectly, I closed my eyes and I was like, hey God, can you just find me here then? Mm-hmm. And as soon as I prayed that, I just felt like arms surrounding me and giving me this really tight hug and I couldn't stop crying. Wow. And then I knew He was there. My goodness. And to be honest, I couldn't believe. I was just like, Wow. it literally blew my mind. Like, wow, so you're still here? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Oh, right after that, my life has ne- has never been the same.
1: I mean, how does it make you feel when you hear that there were faithful people who just gave to a vision and to see that become a reality? What does that mean to you? So when we when we first uh, had our first vision builders five yep. years ago, yep, and you you both laid out the vision for the church, uh, we thought you were crazy, <laughs> but now here we are, and right. you know we're living through the vision. We believe that. God isn't looking for a perfect person. Uh, he's looking for a willing person. Wow, and so I like that. We've invested and we, we've never been in lack. And because we've got to invest, we've got to see the fruits yes. of that investment. And we've yeah. got to see lives changed. Right. We've got to see campuses launched. Yep. And we've never once looked back for the last five years and wish we would have done something
0: different wow. uh, with that money. I think it's undeniable. I really think it's undeniable what God is doing at vibe right. it's undeniable to see the lives that people you've been praying for and then we begin to see God unfold each and every single individual wow. and see them show up at vibe and see their lives change and see the love that they receive by just experiencing wow. a community that is so in love with God that's amazing we can't say that God is not doing something exactly at yeah. we can't say and and, and and for that alone it's like it, it's worth it to me to say God God tell me what to do jump
2: I will say, how high yeah. God, yeah. because I've already seen the fruits on the other end of it. Yeah. and, 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 and That's
1: It's beautiful. a no-brainer. Yeah, That's amazing.
2: I just couldn't believe to be honest. I was wow. like, I can't believe someone as broken as me get to be part of something as big as that. Yes. Wow! I can't believe as I give my offering, as I give my time, my tithe and my yeah. talent, yeah. I can't believe I get to be part of something that is changing so many people's lives mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. Sunday. And if it caused this much of impact in my life, yep. why would I not give right. to cause the same impact or even more in other people's lives? Wow. This is what I'm here for. I'm here to see people waking up to the reality of what Jesus is. Amen. Mm-hmm. And by giving, by offering, by opening another campuses, by yep. serving, yep. we get to be part yes. of this. Wow! And that's yep. just
1: amazing. Come on. I love hearing those stories because every story represents someone's life that's transformed by the, the partnership of our church, by people investing in the, in the vision and seeing locations opened. And we've never stayed comfortable as a church. Yeah. We've never done what's cute or comfortable. We, we've always stretched and we've reached out. Yeah. And, and I know we're going to do this again. Under our commitment, under the five by five vision, we, we've committed to five locations, once it, one each year. And Here's what's crazy is, is, is now doesn't take as much faith because you see it in action. When those who were here, when we launched this, you have Abraham faith. Like your body's 100 years old and God says you're gonna have a son. That's the kind of faith it took to believe in five campuses from a brand new church. But now we're living through the vision. so So we need to lift our faith again. And I'm excited to in a moment give us an opportunity to partner with the vision, but I need to tell you where we're going. Let me ask you again, where, where will we go? And, and I'm excited to see that despite all the speculation, our fifth location actually won't be in the Bay Area. In fact, our fifth location won't even be in this nation. In 2018, we're going global, Vive Church. We're going we're gonna to go to a whole new faith level. And I'm excited to announce that in 2018, we are going to launch Vive Rome. Now, I know that that revelation is going to spark a whole lot of questions like, how? And, 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 and what will it look like? So let me just give you a little why. Can I take two minutes just to give you a why? In fact, I was there just recently, uh, earlier this year, in fact, we were working on a project there uh, for Christmas Eve. And you're gonna see that project at the end of the year. But unbeknownst to us, God was... Working some things bigger than what we thought we were there for. And we had a, a privileged conversation with some locals. We got to sit down with a meal, and I'll just let you know be careful what happens over food and a simple conversation. How many people know that God outlined some pretty big stuff to the disciples over a supper? Amen. And God will begin to do some things just over a simple meal. And and what was fascinating, the people we were talking with were very inquisitive about Vive Church and and, and, and I found it difficult to give an explanation of Vive Church. How do you explain this craziness? How, how do you explain what we are and what we do? And, and the only word I could come up with was, was the word relationship. This is not about... A religious duty it's about relationship with with Jesus and as soon as I said that word a spark went off on the inside of them they lit up and they they began to express that that's what they've been missing and that's what this generation is missing they, they see a generation of young people who are disdained with religion the archaic system the the, the old-fashioned model that was been portrayed to them the irrelevance and the the lack of connection to real life what they live each and every day it was more like a museum in their mind than an expression of real love and intimacy and the understanding of grace. And as we began to talk for hours, unpacking what God has, God began to speak inside of me to say, what if? Two harmless words, but when put in the context, become very powerful. What What if? And I began to unpack it on this journey and God began to confirm that this is the craziness that God wants for us as a church. We don't know how, we don't know what it's going to look like, but, but we do know the why. In fact, God actually began to remind us of conversations we would have in the early days when we started this church. Even before we knew what it looked like here, God told us that the Silicon Valley is kind of in many ways like the center of the modern world. Whatever happens here goes around the world. You know, like this, this week launching iPhone 10, there are going to be people in Uzbekistan that are going to have iPhone 10s because what happens here sets the culture for the world. And we would say that the Silicon Valley is like the modern day Rome that used to be the centre of the ancient world. In fact, all the historians here would know that, that Emperor Augustus instituted this thing called Pax Romana. It, it, was, it was this road system that would actually connect the entire Roman Empire of that day. Paul the Apostle knew that the the oppressing empire of that day that was oppressing the church were actually helping the church by creating pathways for the gospel now to get across the world. In the same way, technology and the internet is providing an access for the gospel to go throughout the world. And we were there two weeks ago and we had some divine connections. This is how God works. God will speak something, then He will align things. Did you know that? But He's looking for faith. He's looking for someone to simply say yes and to actually take a vision and begin to speak it. That which is dormant actually begins to form. Things begin to happen. Divine connections start to take place. We, we met up, last week we were there, we met up with a guy named AJ who is a theologian in the Catholic Church. He's doing a thesis on interfaith relationship. And he gave us the revelation that he had come to that century ago, Europe was the Christian nation and they would send out missionaries to places like the Philippines and to the United States. And now those very nations are more Christian than Europe and sending missionaries back to Europe. I'm excited to be a part of God's plan to take the gospel into nations that have lost their way. Amen. We also had a divine connection that I can't even begin to describe. Only by the hand of God did this connection come, play, come to play with a young man named Davide. Davide, we've become very good friends recently, and he is an amazing young man, a, a Christian young man in Italy who has been praying for a move of God. He's a worship artist and has been on a, on a mission to actually write Italian worship because most worship in, any, in the little churches that are in Italy right now are often American worship retranslated. And because you retranslate it, it either rhymes and has bad content, or it's got good content and doesn't rhyme. And so he's been on this journey of establishing some Italian worship and praying, God, let there be a move of God, not knowing how, until we met up at this random connection, spoke for hours, talking about what God's put on our heart. And God is working already in Rome. Can I tell you this? In fact, we're making some partnerships. And even what seems impossible, God is starting to show us there's a possible pathway, There's a possible, if we could rally together as a church and if we could carry the weight of something before we even know the worth, before we even know the names of those that will be set free and those that will actually see freedom in their life and come into relationship with God, before we know the names, God wants us to carry the weight. And I thought I'd do something just for you. I wanted to show you a brand new clip that Davide just put out and give you a picture of what Vive Rome could look like. Davide gathered some people together. He's an influencer, and I'm excited for him to be a part of what we're doing in Rome. And, and I just thought I'd put a little video together so that you could actually have a look at what Vive Rome could look like. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's take a look. And so now that you know where we will go, the only question that remains is will we go? Will we go as a church? And as I promised, I want to give you an opportunity to partner with this vision. What I'm talking about to do what we want to do with permanent locations, going global as a church, planning a campus in another a another nation. To do all this, is, it's actually going to cost around $1.5 million We have no business, really, as a five-year-old church. We're not a 35-year-old church. We're a five-year-old church thinking in this scope. But we've always known that unless something is intimidating to us, then it's insulting to God. Because if it's something that's capable for us, God will say, go ahead and do it. But when it's impossible for us, that's when God knows He needs to get involved. And we've created a big gap for God. We've created a gap for you to have faith, for for us as a church to give sacrificially. And I wanna do that right now. In fact, can we hand out those cards at all the locations because I want you to pray about maybe how you can carry some weight. And if you're new here today, just enjoy the atmosphere. There is no compulsion on anybody to give. That's why I'm not asking you what to give. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit because I want it to come from a cheerful heart, not under compulsion, If God says, don't give, don't give. But if God says, give, be obedient. That's all we have to do. We get to ask for ourselves. We get to hear from God and we get to move under the unction of the Holy Spirit. We get to see the gap and we get to partner. We get to fill gaps. We get to bridge gaps. In fact, I'm excited because I know that sounds impossible to you. That sounds so crazy that $1.5 million, that's, That's too much, Pastor. Well, in fact, on Friday night, we had our vision guard, and we just had a bunch of leaders in the church gather together, and I shared this vision with them on Friday night and gave them an opportunity to respond. And I'm really excited to tell you that we've already had committed $1.1 million to this. Just from a group of leaders. I mean, if you don't get excited about that, I worry about your heartbeat. I worry about what faith looks like in your life. God is making miracles happen. And we get to be a part. We get to be a part. So I am so full of faith. I'm believing God's gonna do it. And I need to make this clear. I'm gonna close. I'm gonna make this clear because I'm gonna give you an opportunity to give. This is, this is not in replacement of the tithe. Let me get that clear. This is why this is not a 12-month pledge. The only pledge I wanna lead you in as the pastor of this church is a pledge to tithe. To say, God, I'm gonna honour you with the first percent of my income, the first tenth of my income. God, I'm honouring you. This is above and beyond the tithe. This is an offering to the Lord, a one-time offering. And I know many of you didn't come prepared whether you've got a checkbook and you can write out what God's speaking to you and now God bless you, that's fantastic. But we're gonna be collecting this over the month of November or however long this takes for you to gather that together. But because I know some of you might need to, be to organise a stock transfer. Some of you might need to liquidate assets. The, that's the level that God's gonna speak to some people on. I've had people sell homes to say, we're gonna partner with this thing, okay? So I know that, that, that God will speak to people at different levels of capacity, It's never equal giving. It's equal sacrifice. It costs us something. It costs each one. We're all different levels of capacity. People have been a part of this before. God is stretching you to a new capacity of giving. Because every time you stretch, God fills the gap. God's a good God. He He graces us to give. He gives us a capacity to, to earn and to bless and to extend the kingdom. And this is a great way where we get to extend the kingdom of God. So this is a one-time gift. And I I would ask that maybe whether or not you came prepared to give or even right now you have the capacity. Would we as a church just have the faith to commit to something right now in this atmosphere? On your card, you're gonna find that there is an opportunity where you can not only write your amount that you're committing to, but what you're believing for in your family and in your life. Because we've always had a vision here at Five Church that's big enough to give your life to. And as you build God's house, the Word of God is true, He will build yours. So I want you to write some stuff down, some audacious things that you're believing for, whether it's a family, your own home, for God to do something miraculous in your life. I want you to write that down. You can tear it off and you can separate it and you can actually write what you're committing to. And the reason I want you to do that, whether you can fulfil that today or you have to organise that together, I would love it if we could collect what we're committing to as a church so that next Sunday I'll be able to stand up here and say, This is what we're doing as a church. Wouldn't that be bold? Wouldn't that be courageous, church? If we could gather and do something miraculous in our time as a community. How amazing. That in 12 months from now, carrying the weight, we're going to have names, we're going to have stories of people's lives that are impacted. So why don't you do this? Let's close our eyes at every location. God, I pray that you would speak right now. Let it not be my words, but God, let it be your spirit. Under no compulsion, but out of the joy in our heart to partner with your extending your kingdom. So speak now. And I want you to take your pen and I want you to write out what the Holy Spirit is. Calling you? Would you do that right now in every location? I'm going to close in a moment, but we're going to collect this in just a moment. But would you be so bold right now as to take that pen out? If you need a pen, just ask someone around you or we can get one to you. But why don't you write out that amount? And here's the thing, it's, it's, it's between you and God. It's between you and God. Let God stretch you. This is the best way to hear God's voice in these matters. So that when it comes time, when you need to hear God's direction in your life or career you need to take, whatever it is, because you've been obedient in these times, His voice becomes prominent in your life. So why don't we write that out right now? And in a moment, we're gonna pass the buckets, but let me pray for you. God, I pray right now for each person as they write out that amount, Lord, what You are asking them to give not under any compulsion, not under any obligation, but God, under the privilege and the freedom to be a follower of You. And God, I pray that as they write that out, would You bless them. Lord, would this be a seed that is sown into ground and yields fully fledged lives formed in You. So God, we pray right now, bless Your house, bless Your church, bless this vision as it goes out. God, would it even be starting to take form right now as we've spoken what You have shown. In Jesus' mighty Name. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to pass the buckets. And as they come past, let's put our commitment in together as a church. Amen. Come on, can we praise God for the vision? Can we celebrate this together? Come on, let's worship Him.
0: you are blessed by that podcast. If you have a story to share about what God is doing in your life or what God has done in your life, we would love to hear from you. You can share your story and email us at vibechurch.org. God bless you.